It's hard to get away from the talk of 5G these days. It's in politics, it's in business, and it's on the minds of consumers. But few people have actually used it. That's slowly beginning to change. Just last week, Verizon rolled out the first 5G connections to smartphones in a couple U.S. cities. Meanwhile, AT&T is quickly rolling out its own 5G networks. I'm Alex Ewell. Welcome to The Readback. This week, we're joined by Barron Silicon Valley reporter John Schwartz, who's Skyping in to talk to us in the studio. John's one of the few people that's actually seen the power of 5G in action. Hey, John. Yeah, is that better? Yeah, you sound good. Okay, good. Now, my wife's opening the garage door. Oh, my God. Okay, so she closed it. <laughs> so, John, you cover tech for Barron's in Silicon Valley. What were you doing in the Dallas Cowboys football stadium this past week? I was in Dallas to experience firsthand 5G and the, the incredible power and speed of 5G. I was invited by AT&T as the first person to test the new network. And what I basically experienced was my phone speed jumped six times instantaneously and what it could mean for me as a spectator at future football games. I'm in the stadium and I'm about 100 yards away from a 5G antenna. There's one that's operating in the stadium. And literally when they put me on the network, I went from 32 megabits per second to 154 in a split second. And there was a laptop there that was running at 1.2 gigabytes. So in, in other words, it was a whole new world, a transformative experience for my phone, not to mention potentially for football fans when the season starts. And right now, I mean, football stadiums, sporting events, not really great places for to use your phone, quite honestly. I yes. mean, we've all probably experienced that. They've sort of become dead zones. What do you think both AT&T and, and in this case, the Cowboys are hoping to be able to do once they give you this 5G connection? I think they literally want to take you inside the head of a, the helmet of a football player. Out to his left. End zone. Touchdown, Butler. How about the kid, Dak Prescott? I mean, inside their head and their helmet. I mean, just to see, experience what they go through. I mean, one of the user applications that they talked about and what they're going to try to develop is they're going to want to build a sensor in the helmet of the quarterback, Zach Prescott, so that when he takes a scramble down the field, this is a perfectly thrown ball. Movement to gets left. flattened down the field. Right on the money. You'll be able as a spectator to relive that through your own virtual wearable device at 5G speed. To push inside, give him more room going back to the sidelines in the end zone, and Prescott puts it right on him. So there's a sensor inside the helmet. I'm holding a phone. What's the 5G doing for us? It's basically relaying the speed back and forth up until the cloud and back to you. Basically, it's processing through all this information almost instantly and basically making it possible for you at lower latency speeds to see something kind of in a virtual reality world. Right. I mean, I'm not saying this is going to happen this season, but I can see it happening at a limited use case maybe in 2020. If I had to really put a guess as to why we are so eager and so anxious to get this thing called 5G, 
I think it's that our hardware and our phones have gotten so good in so many ways mm -hmm. that the thing that probably lets us down most of the time now is the actual network, right? I mean, what was it? It wasn't right. a James, James Earl Jones, the commercial that used to be your phone is only good as is only as good as the network it's on. And not to, yeah. to use a marketing line, but I think that's become even more true these days that if I'm on the train and the train is crowded, I often don't have a connection and it doesn't make sense to me. But that's part of what 5G can hopefully solve, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. If you, I, I was at the Apple event, or I've gone to Apple events over the years, and it's always about the hardware with them. Hardware, 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 or has been until recently. Right. And it was always, here's the greatest design, here's the best camera. But the irony was that the speed was never there, or the speed yes. was always lacking. Right, right. So you might have the best phone in the world, I mean, but unless you can gather or view the content from the phone, what's really the point? Yeah. And I think it's kind of set into motion especially among AT&T, Verizon, and their competitors, this idea of who is first and fastest and biggest among those in 5G. It's like this opportunity that came around with the internet, right? Yeah. Those who embraced it early and took advantage of it became the next, or became the Google, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. And those who were a little bit slow on the draw had to play catch up fast. And I think of examples like Microsoft, 5G is kind of presenting that same scenario, but I think even on a bigger, bolder stage with uh, enterprise businesses, along with consumers driving the development of the apps and the way it's used. Yeah, I, I agree. And you mentioned Verizon and AT&T. Obviously, they're the, the giants here. Barron's actually just had a cover story on the rivalry, ongoing competition between AT&T Verizon, the fact that AT&T in a lot of ways is diversifying itself into content and entertainment. Today, we announced an agreement for AT&T to acquire Time Warner, the global leader in media and entertainment. While Verizon is doubling down on its network. You're rolling out 5G early. What happened? No, I think the team has been working relentlessly to give our customers this fantastic experience with 5G. And actually, our test is going so well, so why wait? But for both of them, 5G is still key, right? What are you hearing about that rivalry when it comes to 5G? There's so much marketing that happens in the wireless space. It's like blood sport. I mean, if you go into the AT&T lobby in Dallas, the biggest exhibit there is a Game of Thrones uh, sculpture. Yeah, People can sit on it. And actually, the AT&T communication CEO, John Donovan, referred to this battle between AT&T and Verizon specifically as a uh, little bit of Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's pretty He also brutal, mentioned right? their intense dislike for each other. Uh, <laughs> Why well, yeah, hide I mean, it? I was, he was fairly bold about it, and he said, look, this is an industry based on superlatives. It's the EST factor that's always most important, which is fastest, biggest, because we don't really have a choice. We have to be there first in order to compete with these guys. You know, the more I talked with AT&T communications CEO John Donovan, the more apparent the pressure that's on him for AT&T to win the 5G war. He is uh, seems almost borderline obsessed with it and has referred to it, I guess, in our cover story as nothing short of a religious war. And one of the reasons why is that so many of AT&T's large business customers are basically going to adopt 5G. Right. So they have to collaborate with those companies on best case uses of 5G in order to not just keep those businesses, but to enhance them. They have to think about this in terms of their consumer side. 
I can't think of anything more significant that they have to tackle technology-wise than that over the next couple of years. And right. they are devoting a lot of time, people, resources. I mean, I went to the park for this demo and expected to run into maybe one or two people. They had a team of like eight engineers there testing it. Wow. I think this also goes well beyond sporting events, right? Right. I mean, think of autonomous cars and vehicles. I mean, before the auto industry was dependent on things like oil and gas, and now it's dependent on speed. And data. I mean, if you add 5G to an autonomous vehicle, and as well as the transportation systems that navigate those vehicles, think of what you could do in terms of efficiency and, and autonomous cars communicating with each other, moving throughout cities, fewer people have to drive. The AT&T communication CEO told me in the scenario, parking lots would be turned into parks because they wouldn't be necessary. It could basically change the dynamic of a city streets in ways we don't know. And the reason that 5G is relevant here, I mean, a lot of that is cars. So what makes the 5G kind of the connective tissue? Well, each of those cars will be dependent on sensors to communicate with some sort of network okay. as they navigate their right. way on roads. And the faster the speed of that data is delivered to them, the more accurate they will be in where they go and they'll be smarter in how they handle their time on the road. I think mean, one of the problems with autonomous vehicles is that there aren't enough sensors or, or radar in place to anticipate all the different things that can happen on a road, including non-autonomous cars right. or pedestrians. So with 5G, in a sense, it's kind of this supercharged data set that moves cars more efficiently and smarter, and it gives the operators more control over what they do and, and gives them a better idea of what they're up against out in the real world. Got it. One thing that's occurred to me in all of our reporting about 5G in the last few months is how so much of it is still hype versus reality. You now have these tests of the latest 5G networks. Verizon had its announcements about 5G smartphones last week, but it's really still not for a lot of people. In fact, I was really interested in this UBS note that we wrote about last week that suggested they don't think Apple will have an iPhone on 5G until 2021. So that's still two years from now. How much longer are we really going to be waiting for all this promise to come to fruition, do you think? Well, it's funny. 5G is fast, but it takes time. So <laughs> I think it would take at least a year from now, probably mid to late 2020, before enough 5G compatible phones and 5G antennas and transmission equipment is available on a wide basis for it to kind of seep into our everyday lives. As you mentioned with Apple, we probably won't expect a 5G compatible phone for some time. Samsung will have some. There'll be certain models, but there won't be nearly enough to make a quantum leap for, I almost would say 18 months to two years, the more I think about it. It's just, we've got the speed. We just don't have the devices right. and we don't have the infrastructure built. It's like having a super highway, right? You're, you build a super highway, but until you lay the foundation and, and the cements, and then build the cars that can travel at the speeds on that highway, it doesn't happen. So we're still on that sort of what good is it phase. Right. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. You can read John Schwartz's column about his 5G testing in Dallas in this week's Barron's or, as always, on Barron's.com. One housekeeping note before we leave. Within the next week, we'll be updating our podcast stream. 
The move sets us up to keep the readback growing. But depending on your settings, your podcast app might automatically download all of our older episodes. To avoid this, just go to your settings and limit the number of episodes you download to, say, the three most recent. That'll keep only the new episodes coming straight to your feed. I'm Alex Yule. The show is produced by Meta Lipsoft. The Readback will return next Wednesday.